we're talking about uh, our need for patience. Everybody say, I need patience. Watch what the text says. And I, I need you to pay careful attention because anytime you're studying scripture, words matter. Are y'all listening to me? Words matter. You can take one word out of the scripture and it can change the whole context of what's being said. Watch the text. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and their endurance. Let's go to the King James Version. I like the way the King James reads in these verses. Hebrews 6 chapter, verses 12 through 15. Watch this now, okay? I need patience. That you be not slothful, which means lazy, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. The writer is telling these Hebrew Christians to not be slothful, don't get lazy in your following and doing the work of the ministry, but follow those who through what? Faith and patience do what? Inherit the promises. Next verse, 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself, saying, surely blessing I will bless, surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee. He says this, and so after he had patiently endured, he did what? He obtained the promise. After who had patiently endured? Abraham had. Follow after those who through patience and endurance received the promise, right? Now go to the uh, 10th chapter, verse 35 and 36, and then we'll jump back up into where we left off on last week. Hallelujah. Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and we'll look at verses 35 and 36. It says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. He says this, for you have need of what? There's our word again. You have need of what? Patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, notice it did not say that you'll receive the promise before you're obedient in doing the word of God. It says, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God. How many of y'all have been guilty like I have in times past where I'm waiting on the promise, but I hadn't followed the word of God? I was not obedient to the thing that God told me to do, but I'm sitting back waiting on him to bring the blessing my way. I didn't take the first step of faith like God told me to because maybe I was nervous about it. Any of y'all been nervous about something God told you to do? Any of y'all have been scared about something God told you to do? Frightful. But let me me clue you in on something. God designed each one of us to operate and to live by faith. Are you with me today? God designed for each one of us to operate and to live by faith. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the just shall live by what? Faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. The person who comes to God must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. That's what the Bible says. All throughout scripture says the just, those who have been justified, those who are in the right standing with God because of their relationship with Jesus, each one of us who name the name of Christ must live by faith. Living by faith inquires and implies a lifestyle of faith, a lifestyle of living by what you can't see in the natural. Now, for many of us, that's tough because we just can't seem to grasp how God is going to tell us to do something that he doesn't give us the answer to before we step out and do it. But God is looking for a people who will trust him totally and completely. Are you with me today? So uh, we talked about uh, the fact that uh, there's some things that we have to begin to do if we're going to uh, get into the point where we're walking in patience. We, we say four ways to test our patience. Look at how you handle interruptions, how you handle inconveniences, how you handle irritations, how you handle inactivity. Those, if you handle those things well in the way that, that, that's God-honoring, it's a good chance that you, you, you know what it means to operate and to, and to walk in patience. So we say, how do, how do we develop our patience? We say, number one, develop a new perspective. Go to First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter, and let's begin reading at verse number 12. First Thessalonians, chapter number five, and we'll begin reading at verse number 12. 
need patience. You need patience. Patience was one of the three guy wires we said that, that, that connect with our faith. The enemy, the faith, God dealt every man the measure of faith. That measure of faith when you were born again was placed in your spirit man. The enemy can't touch that spirit man because the spirit of man is the count of the Lord. It's where the Lord abides. But what he can do is mess with those guy wires that help show up your faith. Can I get a witness? He's going to, he's going to try to mess with those things, uh, your, your, your patience, your, your, your love, and your hope. Because if he mess with those, then it's going to mess with your ability to stand in faith. And if you can't stand in faith, you cannot what? Please God, according to what the scripture says. Now watch this. The apostle Paul is writing here. Are y'all still with me? Paul is writing here. And I told you on last week that patience begins by changing the way you view life, the way you view things. Well, as your pastor, I'm, I'm here to tell you right now, as your pastor, what I'm after is, to, is, is a change of mind set for all of us who name the name of Christ. Because if we're honest about it, a lot of our ways of thinking, a lot of how we approach life is based off of our past experiences. A lot of the way we approach life is based off of our family of origin. What my mom and daddy did. What my brothers and sisters did. What our family did. How we handle situations. Your family may be that family when things didn't go right. Y'all were ready to fight at the drop of a hat. Anybody come from one of those fighting families? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you came from a family that never dealt with issues really. And so you, you were non-confrontational, and so you don't confront anything. You just, you're that type of person who won't even say what you really feel or think because you're scared you're going to hurt somebody's feeling and they won't like you anymore. So for whatever reason, however you're handling things, what I'm saying today is, is that let's change our viewpoint. Let's get the mind of Christ like Philippians 2 and 5 said, let this mind be in you that was also in what? Christ Jesus. That's what I'm after, okay? I'm really sort of, can I say it this way, and I hope y'all don't, don't, don't get your feelings hurt or get offended. I'm really disinterested in, in what you think. Now, I'm saying that, not, don't take it the wrong way. I'm kind of disinterested in what you think. I want to know what God thinks when it comes to spiritual matters, okay? Because all of us have an opinion, Opinion, as I always say, is just like a nose. Every last one of us has one of them. But God says, I want you as my follower to have the mind of Christ. So that's what I'm interested in. Whenever you talk to me about a situation or issue that you're dealing with, I want to know what formulates or what directs your thinking. What, what principle, what precept, what concept from the Holy Bible drove your thinking? The average person can't tell you what principle, precept, or command from the Holy Scripture that drove their, their viewpoint because they never looked in the Word to find out what the Word says. You went off what you saw on, news, on the news or what your family thought. So what I'm after as your pastor is to get us to start thinking differently because you'll never be able to walk in patience if you don't develop a new perspective, a, a new way of, of viewing life. I am telling you, I want to change your mind. Okay? And I want you to look in the scripture with me so that you don't think I'm just making this stuff up. When I talk about marriage, I want, I want, to, I want you to start doing marriage God's way. When I talk about how to handle your finances, I want you to start handling your finances God's way. When I talk about rearing your children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord, I want you to start doing it God's way. Because after all, his way is the best way. Yeah. Now watch what Paul says. Yep. Are y'all tracking me today? Watch what Paul says as he writes to the church at Thessalonica. Come on. He says what? And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are what? And are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. Let's go back to that next verse. Let's look at it from the NLT right quick. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica 
And I want you to notice what it says because what I'm trying to do is start getting you to think like the Holy Spirit wants you to think and not like what Dawn wants you to think. And the only way I can do that is to show you what the Word of God says. So when I figure out what the Word of God says, then what I have to do when I do in my life is start lining my life and my thinking up with what the Word of God says. So watch what Paul says as he writes to these believers. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. I didn't make that up because I'm a pastor. He says, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Now, how many of y'all grew up in churches where you, you, you couldn't stand your pastor? Anybody? Oh, can, can I bring it close to home? Can I bring it close to home? How many of y'all, since the time you've been here in this ministry, there have been some times you've been a little, a little warm with me? I'm not even going to make you raise your hand. Here's what I, I believe. I believe a good pastor, just like a good teacher, will challenge you. A good teacher won't let you sit up in that classroom and just give you all multiple choice questions. A good teacher is going to try to drive you to think about the subject matter so you can embrace it and understand it rather than just passing the test. And I don't know about anybody else up here, but you know what? I love multiple choice and fill in the blank test. I didn't necessarily like essay tests. Even though God blessed me to be able to write pretty good, I just didn't like essay tests. How many of y'all like to write essays? Some of y'all do, okay? But, but when you had to write an essay, that meant you had to go a little bit deeper, and, and it couldn't be, you couldn't even guess on that, right? Most people like multiple choice and true-false because you can guess and don't necessarily know the whole subject matter. Can I get a witness? I believe a good teacher will challenge you to go deeper than just studying for the test. A good teacher will challenge you to understand how this subject matter will relate to your life. I I had uh, had, uh, one of my English teacher when I was in high school was a type teacher. She was good, but sometimes she she uh, she was good. She was good. Good teacher. But there were times when I guess I got a little warm with her, but, but she would challenge us to go, to go a little deeper. And I, and I remember this uh, when uh, we were up you know, in English class, and I think it was English 4, whatever, we had to do speeches and we had to write and stuff. And she, she mentioned when I got up and, and spoke, I can't again, remember, this is, this is a guy who was shy. This is a guy who was somewhat of an introvert in high school, and I didn't necessarily talk like I'm talking now. All right? I, that, that just was not, one, that was not my forte. Okay, I had a whole lot I probably could have said, but I didn't say a whole lot. Am I the only one that was somewhat introverted when you were coming up? But, but she would challenge us with, with writing and learning how to write well, learning how to spell right. Because, see, people will make a determination on you or your, or your ability to do a job based on how you spell. If you're writing and, 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 and don't have correct grammar, whether you realize or not, somebody is, is, is making a determination on whether or not you, you can really grasp the subject matter or not. So she would challenge us. And sometimes in those challenges, I'm like, why she have to go? Why do we have to do all this work? But what I realized was she was trying to get us to embrace it because she knew and understood that whenever you're able to write well and speak well, you're able to present yourself well, and opportunities tend to come your way when you're able to do that in the right way. Are y'all with me? And, and so she challenged us to, to, to do well. At the same time, there were times when I didn't necessarily like her, not because she wasn't a good teacher, not that she didn't have our best interest hard, because I just didn't want to do the work. Right? And so, so as, your, as your pastor, there are going to be times when, when as I challenge you to, 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 to come up a little bit higher, when I challenge you to engage a little bit more, when I challenge you to get out of your comfort zone, because you want to stay in your comfort zone, because that's where you're comfortable at, then you may be a little bit, you know, a little tiffy with me, but that's okay. I told y'all, you will not hurt my feelings. Just search the scripture and see if what I'm telling you is so. And if you're willing to do what God's word says, get mad at me enough to go do God's word. Are y'all tracking with me today? So, 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 so. As your pastor, I'm going to challenge you, Okay. As, as well as I'm challenging myself. So, so he says, dear brothers, honor those who, who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you what? Spiritual guidance. Next verse, watch this. Show them great respect 
and wholehearted love because of their what? Work. And live peacefully with each other. Live how? Live what? It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever for a church to be operating with a divisive mindset. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever if we're all studying the same Bible, if we're all trying to do the same word, then we, if all of us have the mind of Christ, then why do we have these churches that are so divided? Division is what the enemy brings into, this, into the house to keep us from walking in that perfect unity that Jesus Christ prayed about in John the 17th chapter. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Now watch this, watch this. That's a command. So if you're not living in peace with somebody who's your brothers in Christ, you're out of the will of God. Okay? Watch this. Show them great respect. Okay, brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are what? Now, 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 now watch this, watch this. Can you admit to me that there's sometimes you get lazy in this Christian walk? Can you, can you admit to me that, that, that there are times when, when, when you know that you should be doing something for the Lord, but you're sitting back and saying, I'm just going to chill this week? Can you, can you admit to me that, that some of y'all were already made up in your mind that you're not coming back for Thanksgiving and praise service tonight at 630? When, when, when this church only has one or two evening services per year and you can't come back one time a year or two times a year, Brother Brett Shepard is going to come and share a, a mighty word with us tonight and we're going to give God thanks for what he has done and you already made up your mind, I ain't going to that. Everybody say lazy. Say it again. Say lazy. lazy. Brothers and sisters, we hurt you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are what? <laughs> tell me, all y'all who are afraid to tell your mama, your relative, your husband, your, your wife the truth. Encourage those who are timid about speaking truth, about doing the work of ministry. Take tender care of those who are weak. And look what it says. And be what? Be patient with, come on, be patient with who? Be patient with everyone. All right, I got I to move on down. Go, next verse, come on, let's read. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other, talking about the body of Christ, and to what? All people. Can we read that out loud on no purpose again? See that no one pays back evil for evil because vengeance belongs to the Lord. He knows how to repay. Stop trying to get people back. Stop trying to get revenge. That's not godly. But always try to do good to each other by the Christ and to what? All people. Next verse. Let's go. Come on. Always be... So why are you always mad? Why are you always upset? Why are you always, you know, just, just about to blow up all the time? He says, always be what? He didn't say some of the time. Always be joyful. Next verse, come on. Never stop praying. In verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He didn't say be thankful for all circumstances because there are some things that come in our life that are real hard, they're tough. But he says be thankful in all circumstances. When you're in the middle of something that's hard, still be thankful. Lord, my back hurt, but I'm, I thank God that my toe ain't hurting no more. <laughs> Just be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So how many of y'all will admit that when you look at all those things that were listed in here, that that would cause for you to have a change in viewpoint? 
in your life. How many of y'all are willing to admit that? Let's give me, give me back up. Go back to verse 12 in the record. Come on. It says, show them great respect. I said, dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. So how many of y'all at one point in time, back up, how many of y'all at one point in time probably didn't look at, at, at your spiritual leaders or pastoral leaders or whoever in, in, in a, in a God-honoring way? Because maybe you, they said something that you didn't agree with. And I'm going to tell you something. There are going to be times, as, you know, as, as, as the leader of this flock, I may make a decision that God has given me a, a liberty to make that you may have done it differently. And that's okay. I'm not mad because you would have done it differently. But respect what God has is, is placed in the house, the office. Even though you may have done it differently, as long as what I'm doing is not outside the will of God. Amen. My wife, I, and I love her, and we'll be married 37 years uh, this coming December. But there are times when she, she does stuff differently than I do. And I'm not getting mad because she, she does it differently or she sees it differently. You know, I was, um, we, we, were, we, we were talking about um, uh, you know, you're building a new house, Okay. And we're talking about doing some plans. And, I, and what I told her was, I said, I'll tell you what, baby, I'll tell you what. Let, let, let me, let's, let's, let's put this thing in peace right now. You know, however you want to design it, you design it. That's what I told her. She said, but I want you to be involved. That's what she told me. <laughs> she, and she does. I want you to be involved. All right? How many of y'all have been told it before? Now, you know what I said, it, however you want to do it, you know, within reason. Because I don't want to watch the money. But within reason. Uh, but then there are times when I'll make a suggestion to do it this way. And she's like, no, nah, it's okay. No, we, 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 we won't do it that way. We'll do it that way. <laughs> I, I, I had a, uh, uh, I ran into a, uh, Natron in, in the grocery store, and we were talking about that same thing, how his wife had invited him in, wanted him to be involved in the, in the design of their new home. And she said, just like we had the same experience, you know, when, I, when she, my wife said one thing and I said something different, and she, she wanted to go, eh, which it, literally, most guys will say, it don't matter. Amen. It really doesn't matter to me. As long as uh, um, uh, it's, it's within the budget, Hey, do it however you want to do it. But my point is, we are different people. So I'm not going to get mad at her because she wants to do it differently. Particularly when I said, okay, hey, it's on you. Okay, I'm, you know, however you want to design, okay? But we are different people. So because we are different, she may decide to do something different than what I would, but I'm not going to get mad at her because she thinks different. And I'm not going to try to make her think exactly like me when it comes to those things like that. If it's the word of God, it's something different. See, see what, what Paul is writing to them about and what, what the scripture teaches us is that we should all have the mind of Christ. So if Christ thinks that everybody's important, you ought to think everybody's important. If Christ loves everybody, you got the mind of Christ, you got to love everybody, regardless of what they look like, regardless of where they came from, regardless of what, a, what, what their religious background was, regardless of who their family is, we ought to love everybody. If we're going to have the mind of Christ, that's non-negotiable. But what color the carpet is, I don't care. As long as it ain't just crazy. And if you want crazy carpet, you buy, that's your house. You know, buy, buy the way, you, you fill it out the way you want to fill it out. Are y'all with me today? So many times we get upset because people think differently than we do. But when it comes to the things of God, we have a moral obligation to, to, to operate under the the, the mindset of Christ. Because when Philippians 2 and 5 says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, it meant exactly that. We should have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ was a mind of humility who thought he didn't think it was be robbing the equal with God, but he, he left the privileges of glory to came, come down here to be wrapped in human flesh to die on the cross for our sins so you and I could have a relationship with the God in heaven. That's the kind of mindset we should have when it comes to dealing with people. Love people enough to go out of your way to make sure that you present Christ to them. 
Are y'all still tracking with me today? Show them great respect. All right, so show them, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work, spiritual leaders, and live peacefully with each other. So if you're at odds with somebody right now, figure out what's going on with you and get you right. Because you can't get somebody else right, but you can get you right. Next verse says what? Brothers, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. So we warn those who are lazy. Are you willing to do that? Encourage those who are timid. Are you willing to do that? Take tender care of those who are weak. Are you willing to do that? And be patient with some people. It says be patient with what? Everyone. Some of us like to be patient with the people who we like. But see, God has called on you to be patient with everyone. That person who gets on your last nerve. Yeah. It may be they're getting on your last nerves because God is trying to show you there's something in you that needs to be dealt with. That's why you're irritated with him because he's trying to work on you. And you'll know when you get free because they won't irritate you like they used to. Amen. So we've got to develop, everybody say, new perspective. Now, you know, go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. We talked about the fact that Paul wrote this letter, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse number one. And we talked about we have there's positional truth and there's temporal truth. And we got to learn to walk out the truth. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Walk worthy of the vocation whereby you are called, the KJV says. Look at verse 2 through, two through uh, down through verse 6. It says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Next verse is what? Come on. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with what? Peace. There it is again. Guys, it, it amazes me that the body of Christ is, 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 is in a lot of ways known for, for, for no peace and turmoil. When all throughout scripture it says we should be walking in peace. It don't, being at peace with someone don't mean that you agree with everything they say. But being at peace means that you don't act a fool. And the world sees the church acting a fool, being divisive, being hard, being, being unforgiving. And, and, and we expect the, our, our testimony to ring true in the hearts and minds of people who are watching us. Peace. It says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with what? With peace. Next verse. Let's go. It says, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Let's go. Come on. There is one Lord, one faith, what? one baptism. Verse 6. One God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. So, guys, you know, we, 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 when we talk about this, walking this out, walk worthy. KDV says walk worthy of the vocation with which you are called. Walking uh, uh, in the natural is a means from traveling from one place to another, right? In, in the spiritual, walking refers to traveling from immaturity to spiritual adulthood. Walking, the Bible all times about walk, 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 walk. As a matter of fact, there, there are, when you look in the passage in the scripture, there are nine areas about the Christian walk that are listed in the New Testament that we would do well to take note of so that we can be people of patience as we deal with other believers and those who are outside the church also. Are y'all with me today? Walking requires one step at a time, just as the Christian life is lived one day at a time. Okay? Uh, go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, we're right there. Matthew 6, 34. Come on, hurry, hurry. My time is running. Matthew 6 and 34. I need patience. I, I, I need patience. You need patience. Text says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. How many of y'all are guilty of worrying about tomorrow? Go back. As a matter of fact, back up real quick. Back up to verse 25 in the same chapter. Matthew 6, verse number 25. Come on, we got to go. It says, that's why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Come on, let's read. Next verse, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For, for your heavenly father feeds them. 
And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Next verse. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Let's read. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. But the text says, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things. What things are we talking about? What you're going to put on? What you're going to eat? All right? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Next verse. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteousness and he will give you everything you need. Now, I don't know about anybody else in here, but I've learned to trust this. I know that God will supply every one of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will refuse to worry because my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can actually think according to the power that works in me. So, what, so if I find myself worried, if I find myself in a state of impatience, what is wrong with me? Because there's something that's not jiving with what the Holy Scripture told me to, to I have need of patience after I've done the will of God I may receive the promise. Why am I impatient? What's going on? That's, that's a signal that there's something on the inside of me that's not quite right. Because if God told me to, to stand in patience, if God told me not to worry, and I find myself worrying, then, that, then somewhere along the line, I'm out of step, I'm out of perspective with God's way of doing life. And I got to get myself back in line. So I, spiritual maturity takes many steps. It's, it's more than just getting, getting born again. Once you get born again, now we have to grow. Are y'all with me? Spiritual maturity takes many steps, but all of those steps must be taken one at a time. I like what Isaiah 28 and 10 says in the KJV says, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. So many times we try to jump ahead and God says, I, I got to take you through a process to get you to where I want you to be. Um, I was watching um, this, I was watching a little bit of the Arkansas Ole Miss game last night as I was just watching football all day Saturday. You know, the last three Saturdays have been real good to me. <laughs> it's, it's nothing like just relaxing and not doing a whole lot of anything on a Saturday. But I happened to watch the game. And there's this one guy who's a linebacker for them named Bumper Poole. A uh, kid that came in, and he came into the program, you know, not really highly recruited. But as he, as he stayed in the program, got on the weight training program, got on the weight lifting program, began to learn uh, his assignments, learn how to play and had the right attitude and the right approach, uh, they kept on working with him. And so now, as a, as a fifth-year senior, he's, he's their star linebacker. But he didn't start out as their star linebacker. He had to go through a process. And let me tell you, guys, let me tell you something. You, 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 you may not be, and none of us should be, uh, uh, think that we are where we ultimately will be, but we should always be in a mindset of growing in our faith. But it happens one step at a time. I keep telling you all, guys, growth happens when we allow God to have all of us, when we submit our will to his will. And growth doesn't happen apart from the word of God. As newborn babies... Desire the sincere milk of the word so that you can grow thereby. That's what the Bible says. So, so, so that's your question. What makes you think you can grow without the word? I, I need to know. I need, oh, you, you and God got a special arrangement. He tells everybody else, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word, so you may grow without the Bible, but you can grow without it. You that special, right? God just came out and told you, 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 you ain't got to worry about that. You just come to church and show up on, on Sunday, you good. No, he says, I need you to digest my word so that you can grow thereby. So as your pastor, that's why I keep harping on this stuff, because I know I can't grow without the word and neither can you. And if you think can, you're fooling yourself. If God says, as newborn babes desire the symbol of the world, we, we may grow thereby, then we need to desire it. 
So, 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 all right. So, guys, walking is very important. There are nine areas. I'm going to get this to you right quick. I got to jump to the next. Nine areas about the Christian walk that are listed in the New Testament. And each one of them requires putting our knowledge of the Word of God into daily operation in our lives. Okay, nine areas that we call to walk in. All right, if we're going to get a new perspective. Number one, we're called to walk in the Word, okay? In 3 John 3, we're told to walk in the truth that is, that's in us. For It says, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. So we ought to walk in the truth. God's Word is true. So we got to, number one, walk in the Word of God. Number two, we have to walk in the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 and 16 says, tells us to walk in the Spirit and we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Romans 8 and 4 tells us to walk not after the flesh. So we have to, number two, walk in the Holy Spirit. Again, walking implies what? Progress. When you're walking, you're moving from one place to the next. So we are to walk in the word, walk in the spirit. We are to walk in faith. Because 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. So number three, walk in faith. Number four, we are to, we're commanded to walk in love. Ephesians 5 and 2 tell us to walk in love. Number, number five, we are to walk in newness of life. Okay? This, this Newness of life is the outward display of a changed life that is found on the inside of us. You can see that in Romans 6 and 4. Walk in newness of life. How can someone know that you've been born again if they don't see any evidence on the outside? If you're not walking in newness of life. If you're doing the same thing, talking the same way you did before you got saved, and you've been doing it for 30 years, something is not right. And I don't want you to, I don't want you to sit here and think that you're okay when you're not okay. If nothing has changed prior to you coming to Jesus and you've been, you say you've been walking with Jesus for 30 years and you're still doing the same stuff the same way, something is not right with your testimony because Jesus will not leave you like he finds you. Are y'all with me? He will not leave you like he finds you. When he is truly in your heart and you submit your will to his, there will be a difference in how you do life. So in Newness of Life, number six, we should, we're called to walk in integrity before the world. To walk in integrity before the world. Christians, hear me carefully, Christians should be the most dependable people in the world. But oftentimes we're not. Romans 13, 13 tells us to walk honestly. So we should walk in integrity before the world. Number seven, we should walk in spiritual uh, I'm going to say spiritual production. In other words, we should be fruit bearing. We should be bearing fruit. Walk in spiritual production or we should be bearing fruit. Because Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for by grace we say, 2, 8, 8 through 10 says, for by grace we say through faith and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not our works, lest any man should boast. But he goes on to say, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we should be, we should be doing some things that are honoring our Father in heaven and that the world can see that the Father in heaven is operating in our heart. So, because we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So, we should be walking in spiritual production, amen? We should, we should, God's, God's will should be born out of life. Number, number, number eight, we should, be, we should be walking in our calling, in our vocation, okay? Ephesians 4 and 1 tells us to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called. And number nine, we should walk in wisdom. Okay, walk in wisdom. That involves our walk before unbelievers in the world. In other words, Colossians 4 and 5 tells us to walk in wisdom toward them that are without, them that are outside the church. We should walk in wisdom toward those that are out. And, and guys, let me tell you something. When we approach those who are not born again, we should not be known as obnoxious people trying to condemn them to hell. We should be showing the love of Christ to those who are not born again. We should, have, we should know how to interface with them. Isn't it amazing? Do you find it amazing that, that, that those who are not born again kind of like hanging around Jesus? Why did the Pharisees get mad at Jesus? Because he was hanging out with tax collectors, people who drunk wine, people who would get drunk, 
but Jesus was hanging out with them because he was trying to minister to them, right? So, but the religious leaders didn't want to have anything to do with those, quote, low-life low folks. Let me tell you something. You need to get some low-life folks, not low-life. They ain't nobody low-life, but you know what I'm saying, right? You ought to have somebody in your life who you're working on, who God is working on them through you. There ought to be somebody in your life who you're saying, I'm praying for this brother. He's not saved, but I'm praying. I'm praying for this sister. She's not saved, and, and, but 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 I'm not going to remove myself from her because I want to. I want the light of the gospel that's in me to shine on her. Are y'all tracking with me today? All right. So 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 we got to make sure that we uh, uh, are doing these things. Now, what's going to help us get there? It's, it's, it's that agape love. Go to First Corinthians thirteen, chapter right quick. First Corinthians thirteen. Let's look at verse four. Start at verse four. The Apostle Paul is going to use this word, this word for love is agape. Now notice, this is commonly referred to as a love chapter. And as he gets ready to talk about what love is, because many of us say we love God and we love people. Well, now when you look at this passage here, Paul uses the Greek word agape to describe the highest level of love in this world. And it's also the kind of love that God expects every believer to demonstrate in his life. Are y'all with me? This word agape describes a love so completely different from what the world offers that it's only used in the New Testament to describe God's love and the love that should flow from the hearts of believers. So agape is a divine love that gives and gives and gives even if it's never responded to, even if it's never thanked, even if it's never acknowledged, amen? In other words, agape is a love that isn't based on response, but on a decision to keep on loving regardless of the recipient's response or lack thereof. Most of, most of us in here love based off of how people respond to us. If we're really honest about it. If you treat me right, I'll treat you right. But if you don't treat me right, I ain't gonna treat you right. If you, if you don't show love to me, I'm not showing love to you. But agape love is unconditional. It is not predicated on what the other person did. It is a decision to choose to love like God. I thank God that he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, uh, love me based on how I respond sometimes. I thank God that he doesn't love me that way. Agape love is critically important to the body of Christ. This unconditional love, this high level of love is what we need to be operating in. Notice here as he begins to describe this, he says, love is what? First thing is what? Love is what? So let me ask you a question with your impatient self. If you're not showing patience, are you operating in love? Absolutely not. Because he said, first of all, the first thing that's listed here, if you want to take a look at what love looks like in the natural, is patient. And it's kind. So stop being mean. Christian. How many of y'all know some mean Christians? They never smile. Always got negativity. Just mean. Love is what? Patient and kind. Love is not what? Jealous or boastful or proud. Keep going. Or so if you're rude, you're not operating in love. So let me ask you a question. How many of y'all been rude this year? How many of y'all rude all the time? We got to check your love meter. Because it says it doesn't... It's not a root. It does not demand its own way. How many of y'all got to have it your way? It's going to be hell. In the workplace and in your home. Love does not demand its own way. It's not what? I'm just giving you the definition of agape love. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wrong. Next verse, come on, let's go. This is what, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up 
Love never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. This is a personification of what love looks like. So the next time somebody tells you that that I love you, this is agape love, uh, with, with the God kind of love, you should see these characteristics in that person's life. And if you're impatient, something's wrong with your love meter. Okay? Now get back, get back. Are y'all with me there? Second thing we got to do is we got to learn. We got to learn to laugh at our circumstances. First of all, we got to develop a new perspective and we got to learn to laugh at our circumstances. Y'all with me? Go with me if you will right quick to Proverbs 17 chapter, verse number 22. Got to get you out of here. Learn to laugh at your circumstances. How many y'all, how many y'all do, how many y'all laugh around your house? How many y'all, how many y'all know laugh to do a good like a medicine? How many of y'all know people who don't ever laugh? And I, I, would t- I would submit to you that there's something that's probably that that person hasn't dealt with in their life that's called them to be that kind of ornery type person. The Bible says that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. See, when you are broken on the inside because of whatever you're dealing with, it, it, it'll, it'll, it'll drain you. And so learn to laugh again. Learn, give yourself permission to, to, to have some joy in your life. Amen? Now listen, I, I know that there are a lot of things that can happen in our life that can cause us, that can just sap your joy. That you, that you don't feel like laughing. But I tell you what, learn how to say, okay, God, I need you to help me. Because right now I realize that, that I'm in a place where I don't want to be, but I trust that your word is true. I may not understand how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to trust you that I'm going to get there. And Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. I'm, I'm going to allow myself, give myself permission to be okay. I'm going to give myself permission to, 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 to laugh again. Watch what it says. It says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. Go to Proverbs 14 and 30. Do you not realize scientific studies show that people who laugh live longer? Because humor is, it, it, it actually is a tension dissolver. It's an antidote for anxiety. Watch what it says. A peaceful heart leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Are y'all with me? So, so, so learning how to lighten up will help you uh, in, in your patience uh, with people and situations and circumstances. Learn to laugh at it because I've had plenty of opportunities I've started preaching on patience to be impatient. Plenty of opportunities. Mariah will tell you, uh, you know, we, we were at a place the other day. We were, uh, I knew when I went in there, she, 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 when she shops, she shops a little bit longer than I would, okay? All right? So when she told me it won't be long, because I've been married to her for 37, y- y'all, y'all, y'all looking at me like, why are he telling that? Well, because, I can, because we, we free. And if she got the mic, she'll tell it on me too. <laughs> I just happen to have the mic right now. Some of y'all can't talk like this because the moment y'all leave and you get in that car, it's like, oh, it's worldwide. Why'd you tell that? <laughs> I'm telling this because I'm free. Because I mean, I, she said, well, it, it won't take me long. Now, me having been married to her 37 years, Danny, you know this. You, know, you married to Constance. You know this. <laughs> I knew going in there that it's going to take longer than what she had thought in her mind it was going to be. She didn't deliberately tell me that, but she, in her mind's eye, she thought it wasn't going to be very long. But because I've been married to her for 37 years, I know my wife cannot go into Sam's with a list and just get the stuff on the list. She's probably like a lot of you, a lot of ladies who go in there and they have your list, but you see some other stuff that ain't on your list. And I, as a man, I'm, I'm thinking it's Saturday. Let's get in here. Let's get out. Is that on the list? Why are you looking at that? That's not on the list. Am I the only? 
I need some brothers to go along with me. And, if I, and, I, and every now and then, you know, I've, I've learned now, because I told you, I've learned how to just, just, just go take my phone and watch the game, whatever I'm going to do. But I used to get the list said, that's not on the list. Why are you looking at that? But I learned patience. Because I told you, she wanted me to go with her. She likes for me to go with her. And I thank God she wants me to go with her. It could be the other way around. She's trying to get away from me. And she's kind of cute, y'all. So I, don't, I like hanging out with her. All right? But she likes me to go with her. But, but, but there are some times when if I'm not careful, if I'm not prayed up, if I'm not thinking right, Brother Jeremiah, I'll get a little irritable. And I, I, don't, I don't just say it out verbally, but inside God knows, okay, now where, where's your patience meter? You've been preaching about this stuff. So the other day we went in there, I, I sat there and, uh, and let her do what she was going to do. And, it, 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 like I predicted, it took longer than what she had said it was. But I didn't, I didn't get impatient. I don't think, did I? Did I? If I did, I didn't show it. I don't think I, I didn't get impatient. Because I, I, I know I, I've been teaching this stuff. And I can't teach this stuff if I'm not going to do this stuff. Are y'all with me? And something simple as that can get in your heart. If you're not careful, the lack of patience can lead to an irritation, and the irritation can lead to something else. And next thing you know, you got World War III in the house. And y'all mad at each other over some time in a store? You mean to tell me you're going to sit up there and fight because you got mad because you stayed in the store 10 minutes longer? When you were trying to get her, you were over there all the time. When you were trying to, to get her, she could, she could shop for 10 hours and you didn't say a word. Oh, what do you want to do, baby? I'm with you. But now that you're married, you ain't got no patience. Learn to laugh. Amen. Deepen your love. Deepen your love. And lastly, depend on the Lord. So when you deepen your love for the things of God, your patience will be developed. Some of us don't have patience because we haven't deepened our love for the Lord, for the things of God. The closer you press into God, the more patient you will become with people because God is patient with people. And when agape love abides on the inside, you become a more patient person. So deepen your love and depend on the Lord. There are some scripture references that I gave you there, and please go and check those out. But this is something that's really important because God called on us. He saved us so that we can minister to people, and we can't minister to people if we're always irritated, impatient, not willing to do what God called us to do. Amen? Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, we both need some patience. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you for this privilege.